Welcome back to the Non-Standard 14er Podcast, the podcast that brings you everything the root description leaves out about hiking and climbing Colorado's 14ers. I'm Jacer Jack, and I'm joined here with my co-host, Chris Shortrope Stifler. Hello. My beautiful wife, Tay Jack. Hello. And our friend, our returning guest, Tornado Man. Hey, what's up, folks? Our guests today are a couple that we are thrilled to have on the podcast, one of whom's been a guest with us before, Mr. Andrew Hamilton and uh, his partner, Andrea Sansone. Uh, the two of them uh, just underwent a massive accomplishment. Uh, Andrew completed the 100 highest summits in Colorado in a relentless push over 22 days, 16 hours, and 54 minutes, uh, which was 471 miles on foot and more than 249,000 vertical feet. Cool. Just an absolutely incredible undertaking and uh, wouldn't have been able to do it without his uh, support crew, Andrea. Andrea herself is a phenomenal athlete in her own right. Uh, she's done the Centennial Elks Traverse, all the Colorado 14ers. Um, she and Andrew hold numerous records on the Nolans and Holy Nolans. And she's also uh, the current holder for the California 14ers uh, fastest known time. So phenomenal athlete and uh, an equally phenomenal support crew for Andrew. We're going to talk a little bit about the record, some highs and lows, and some of their key takeaways. So thank you both so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks a lot for having us on tonight. Hey guys, happy to be here. Well, I was just curious because Andrea, I know you did 21 of the peaks mm -hmm. and so much support outside of that. And Andrew, obviously a crazy feat. What was the first meal that you guys had when you got back? What did we have when we got, oh my gosh, <laughs> I might not even remember. <laughs> you just Hold on, hold on. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I do remember. Do. Remember we went to breakfast in Netherland. Remember yeah. after lunch. Well, so we did yeah. longs last and we got to the car and Andrea was like, I'm not driving home tonight. <laughs> yeah, he was like, Would you want to drive home? Yeah. Like, do you want to drive home? Yeah. And, I was like, no. and, and then in the morning, so one of our friends that had come to meet us on longs, uh, you know, he, we he decided to stay and sleep in his car too. So we all, as we were driving out, we stopped in Netherlands and we had like it was good. It was like a big, just, it was like a breakfast, you know, a big, yeah, it was a big like breakfast. A veggie burrito, I yeah, think is what I got. Yeah. It was funny. I was craving veggie stuff a lot, you know, because people are always cramming the junk food in and, your mouth. And it's so hard because yeah. you give them a veggie sandwich, it's like 300 calories. And I'm like, here, eat this donut. It's 900 <laughs> calories, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> So it was good. Like afterwards, we just got vegetables. <laughs> but, you know, that's a, that's kind of a funny question because, uh, well, I do remember when I did Holy Nolans, I was pretty beat up after that. And the very first time I did it and uh, and and I had like tomato soup afterward and it tasted so good. I ate like nothing but tomato soup for like the for, next like, six weeks. months. So <laughs> it just tasted so good to me after that, you know. That's so crazy. Yeah. We're usually used to eating like our our old school thing was calzones and margaritas after any big adventure that we would do, but we've kind of gotten away from that. But that's still probably just as delicious, but we just don't have access access to it. That's such a great little tradition to the calzones oh. and margaritas. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I was just going to say, it's actually in Carbondale. And whenever we were in the Elks, we'd always stop at this place called the White House in Carbondale. It's like a pizza place with calzones. And that place is oh, yeah, really good. Yeah, we just good, stuff so. our faces. Yeah. Great. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, finishing the 14ers is nothing compared to what you both just did. And it's absolutely mind-blowing. And as we were sitting here, it's like, what questions do you even start with? But I think for me, some that come to mind, and I'd like to hear from both of you, you know, when Taylor and I finish a trip, we always go through, um, you know, sweet and sour, rose and thorn, best and worst. Um, do you guys have particular highs and lows that that come to mind right off the bat like that? Absolutely. Like, well, well, oh, my well, you gosh. You want to go first or should I go first? <laughs> well, I, mean, I, I feel like I just want to speak to with, for Andrew for a second. I feel All like right. his high was like the last two days of the whole record. He was hiking his strongest. He was finally meeting his splits. I mean, <laughs> our, the whole record was just our whole schedule went to crap on the first day. And so, you know, it was just, we weren't even following a schedule. And so we were just guessing times and trying to go off splits and never meeting a single split until the last two days. And like I said, we joke about, you know, we should have started the record on the last day, you know, it's like, well, let's just start it all over again. <laughs> but yeah. So I'm just like, wow, that was a real high for Andrew. I feel like. 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. I would take uh, these little selfie videos sort of as I was going th throughout the th three weeks and sort of like describe the day or, or something. And, and usually it was all doom and gloom, <laughs> like, oh, this is miserable. This sucks. You know, I'm feeling terrible. Finally, on the last day when I was looking back and going through some of those, it was like I said, I was like, wow, I'm feeling strong today. You know, <laughs> I mean, so. we were hiking so fast going up Meeker and Longs like it was just he was killing it. We were motivated to beat darkness. Yeah, and so we did have that motivation. Yeah. But I mean, his climbing legs were on, that's for sure. <laughs> so now, those that videos that you recorded, I noticed a lot of those because I, I follow your all's Instagram, the A2 Summit one. I noticed a lot of those didn't make it onto the Instagram. Are those for your personal just kind of video journaling or what's the purpose of those videos? Oh, well, the purpose of them is really, you know, Andrea's, you know, I didn't, I just got to see the Instagram thing recently, I hadn't even looked at it myself. You know, I had looked at all my own pictures, but I was kind of blown away by all the great stuff Andrea had on there. You know, mm -hmm. I went through the whole story and stuff and I was like, wow, she's got by far better pictures than mm -hmm. I had, but sort of, you know, and so, and I'm really happy to have that because I feel like in the past, well, you know, you have these amazing adventures, but you really forget a lot of the emotion mm -hmm. involved in it. You go back and you can remember, you know, you remember the mountains you climbed and kind of, you can remember a day, but you forget you know, that, oh, the pain or, you know, stuff like that. And uh, I'm just really glad to have, I feel like that's a really good record that she put up there for me that I don't have on all these other attempts I've done, you know? But so, on, on his phone, excited. it's like his video journal. And yeah. so when I was, you know, trying to keep up with Instagram and the 6 million other things that we were doing, it was, I was really just going off of what was on my phone. And so yeah. like, that's why I didn't really have his personal videos on there except for the videos that i took when i was with him yeah yeah and those i just do that every once in a while just so i can like try to remember and something. they're all miserable you did a phenomenal job on the instagram and in all of it the, the posts on the forum and everything was uh really well updated and fun to follow along with so that was a, a huge feat in addition to everything else you did yeah <laughs> Yeah. That was the high. That was the high. What was the low then? Yeah. It was yeah. A so thorn. we skipped yeah. over. We're not, we're not letting you off the hook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I want highs and lows from both of you. Yeah. Because... yeah. 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 Andrea, like, do you remember any, any highs or oh, anything man. like that? Oh, highs. Oh, <laughs> oh I'll get to lows. Yeah, I got lows. <laughs> like, where do I start? I mean, every day was a low, really, you know, until we were like, oh, it's the last day. You know, I do remember in, I think um, maybe it was around Mount Hope, it was where I was, it was like the, we were kind of on the last leg and I was just done. I was really feeling done. I was feeling lonely, you know, and just my, I just, my felt like my car was a mess. And when I'm disorganized and just my brains jumbled. And so I was just feeling like so ready to be done. And so I feel like emotionally, that was probably a low point for me, just feeling lonely and just depressed. It's yeah. hard because being out in the mountains for 22 days, living out of your car, trying to find a shower, trying to keep the freaking cooler from spilling over and soaking everything in my car was like the biggest challenge, you know? <laughs> and so it was just those small things really kind of got to me emotionally. And, um, but it's hard because you try to, you know, every time Andrew would come back, it's, I didn't want to be grumpy. And so you try to be happy. Sometimes he can breathe through me pretty well though. And so, but, um, but yeah, I'd say like emotionally I was pretty, I didn't really have these epic highs and lows. Like obviously Andrew had, I mean, his were very obvious and, and very extreme, but for me, emotionally, I was kind of like, encouraging him hiking with him you know really focused I was just so busy and so I wasn't as emotionally exhausted to where um I had these epic highs and lows it was just kind of pretty consistent and and kind of steady I remember one time I came in and I could tell she was in kind of a bad mood and I remember I was like you are not allowed to be in a bad mood right now because I was looking forward to seeing you for so long I know. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I need this I need I mean, there's, there's definitely frustrations. I mean, we could definitely talk a lot about that. I mean, and 
there was one time when, you know, that story that I hiked in to give him a burrito was like 28 miles round trip, but I had taken a nap on the trail and, and it was like two o'clock in the morning. So I was just tired. So I just literally plopped down on the trail. I just wanted to close my eyes for 10 minutes. And I was, I, yeah, I made a lot of progress. So then I hop up, I'm like ready to go, took a power nap. And then I didn't realize it, but I hiked like two miles in the wrong direction. I was just completely retracing my steps. So uh, I pulled out my phone to text Andrew and I was like, oh my God, I'm all the way back at 8,500 and he wants me to hike up to 10, four. I'm like, that's like another 2000 feet. I can't do it. And so then I told him and then he texts me back and he's like, oh, I'm so demoralized now. Blah, blah, blah. So then I feel bad and I'm like, oh, love. Now I have to, no, I have no excuse, you know? (laughs) So it's just, you know, a lot of those emotional highs and lows that are just constant. (laughs) Well, it sounds like you guys are such a good team in terms of Andrea, like you're saying, you know, being frustrated, but kind of at different times in a way, or like being able to balance the, um, yeah. I've heard her say that exact thing. Yeah. Is it like, we'll have our emotional highs and lows, but usually we're sort of like, like we're not both having our big lows at the same time. Yeah. And right? that's, and that's, kind kind of, that's kind of like how <laughs> our relationship is just in general. Like we're never both mad, sad, and not glad at the same time, (laughs) you know, because you have to balance each other out. So like, we always go back to Vermilion when we climbed that together. That was, that was rough. And it, San Juan, what, what did we call it? Uh, San Juan solid, you know, it's not solid at all. And so going up these snow coolars and all the loose rock and he's terrified and I'm just trying to be super positive. Like, Hey, it's fine. It's going to be great. Like we can do this. It's not that bad. And then he's terrified was, and telling me, he's like, yeah. you're not oh, taking this seriously yeah. enough. I should qualify that. Cause so I had done for me when I was a kid a long time ago. Right. But other than that, I had done no research on this peak whatsoever. So I just remember, yeah, when I was like 14, I figured it out by myself, you know, we got up there just as it got dark. So it was just dark enough. And we can see this back goalie that I thought we were going to go up, but at the top of this goalie, and that is a loose mountain. Like, holy cow. Some of those loose. sand wands are just yeah, ridiculously it's, loose. It's but, uh, and then at the top of this uh, gully was like this vertical, like ice field, you know? And I was, how are we going to get past that thing? And, I don't know. So we tried going around. It was super loose. And normally Andrea in the old days would have been super freaked out. And I would have had to be like, hey, everything's fine. You know, we're good. You know, stay with me. This time she was like, da, 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 da. She's all happy. And I'm like, do you realize how dangerous this yeah, is? Like, like, you are not taking this seriously enough. We had the same thing a couple weeks ago on uh, on Yolas has same San Juan solid. It had rained all night, and so it was like nasty, like the already kind of loose rock with this downward sloping dirt was really slick and Taylor was literally like telling stories and dancing on the catwalk dancing. <laughs> and I literally all I turned to, I was just like, babe, focus. <laughs> it's like, it was a loving focus, but she was, yes. you know, about to like twirl herself off an edge. So I just, yes. <laughs> it's like, as long as you're both not panicking at the same time, it's okay. Exactly. Yeah. Like we're never really both, you know, in, in a low and it's, it's, re- it, it's really helpful to, because someone has to help the other one out, you know, kind of like when we did Nolan's, that's how it was when we did Nolan's and Holy Nolan's and we were both kind of opposite on our highs and lows. So that was, it's beneficial for sure. Is there something you guys do to mitigate that or set up those to offset those highs and lows or does it just come down? <laughs> I think it's just this natural thing where it's like, mm-hmm. if the other person's happy, you almost naturally, you yeah. know, you're like, maybe you're just like free to be grumpy or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. Or if the other person's <laughs> you know, like grumpy, know. you want to cheer them up, yeah. you know? And yeah. so I just, I also remember um, when we did the Centennial Elks Traverse, I specifically remember that, that flip that we had, like one person was had a high, the other one had a low. And I really remember that vividly. So it's just a natural thing. I think that just comes with us. That's one of the the things you basically traverse from what cathedral to capital in one big push. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And did you do the same thing the first time together? Yeah. 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 We did. We actually added in Sopris on that trip. So we had a friend who lived in Carbondale and he was like, 
Oh yeah, you know, you should look at it from my back window. Like Sopras is right there. It's right there. Just do it. Just do it. And then man, and we it, were like, okay. Yeah, yeah, no problem. And then I'll tell you, if you look at look at those two peaks from Massive. And you will see that they are not they are just not right there. Just right there. <laughs> they are really far we apart. Had, we committed yeah. ourselves. So it took yeah. us like 12 hours to yeah. go to Snowpress. Something yeah. ridiculous. It was just crazy. <laughs> yeah, I was by uh, Independence Pass this weekend. And Snowpress sits out all by itself. Like <laughs> I could see Capital and Snowmass. You know, Snowmass, Capital. Snowpress is like way over there. <laughs> it's like Way, <laughs> way out. <laughs> it's so iconic. It stands so much taller than other peaks of that height. It looks like a 14. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's huge. It's, like 12, it's amazing. Yeah. It's just below 13. Yeah. So you did that on this this trip? Yeah, did yeah I did. I added I added that in just, you know, it's I, I made a couple choices uh, for various reasons. But so some of the route choices I made weren't the most uh, efficient in terms of like how fast I could have done things. But I just thought it would be really cool. And so like that's points, right? I love the style was one of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like to like do that, like that, that is, that's like, well, that, and then what we call the women each wife out, which we could get into too. Like, uh, like it would have been so classic, easy to drive him yeah. from castle to pyramid, you know? So, right. but, but we, once we knew kind of how this record was going and, and that he wasn't quite going to make the, 20 days that he wanted he we were like let's just make it this epic you know epic record with a lot of cool route link ups in in it i was also kind of thinking like originally i was like well man you know i don't even know if i'm going to finish this thing you know it's it's big and it would be cool to have a couple of little like sub fkts in there that i could have even if i didn't finish the whole thing and so you know that was another reason just to throw that in there you know, just in case I couldn't finish. You yeah. Know? But that is a neat route. You know, if we want, I mean, talk about uh, like, if you just do the 14ers in the Elks, you, you know, you get like, you well, you know, you get like Snowmaster Capitals, kind of a, a complicated traverse. Mm-hmm. And obviously you've got the Maroon Bells traverse. But when you do the Centennials, you know, you're only adding three peaks. You're adding Cathedral, Thunder Pyramid and Hagerman. But now all of a sudden you have this massive number of these incredible traverses like cathedral to castle you got thunder pyramid to pyramid you got the bells you got hagerman to snowmass and then snowmass to capital i mean it's just insane it's not easy oh oh, yeah it's not (laughs) understatement of the century they're scary (laughs) which of those traverses did you do in the dark i don't recall off the top of my head let's see so i um i got the first one in the light oh you know well because andrea met me after pyramid so oh i was racing the uh the, the, the darkness on thunder pyramid to pyramid and there's a big notch in that traverse that sort of if you're going thunder pyramid to pyramid that big notch is sort of like when you're at the bottom of the notch and you're heading up towards pyramid that's the crux of the whole route and so my whole goal that day was I got to get to pyramid before it gets dark and I was right there when it was getting dark. So it was kind of stressful, but I did get, get through the hard part there, which that part really stresses me out. I mean, I've done that traverse now four times, I think. And, uh, and man, just going up from the notch, I've done it three different, different ways each now. Time. It's yeah. always different. Um, but then, so then I did the bells in the light. I love the bells traverse. I mean, that one is just super fast. That was so solid. I really love it. So I actually did that one both ways. So I just left my back on top of North Maroon and went over to South Maroon and back. And then, um, Hagerman, I got in the light. Hagerman to Snowmass is probably the scariest of them all for me. Like that's just uber loose and, and like, you never know what you step on, what's going to drop away. And it's kind of in our head. Uh, we had a friend, um, tell us that he gave some beta to another friend, um, on that, uh, traverse. And then he ended up passing away from a fall. And so it was really in our heads the first time we did it. So, you, and I think you were with him, Andrea, at that point, you joined a um, pyramid or after. So pyramid. I, I know oh. I, the, for the Elks Traver, or for the, yeah, for the Centennial Elks Traverse, the only time I was with him this time was, um, was for resupply. So anytime, if oh, I gosh. talk about being with him on the Centennial Elks Traverse, that's when we did it. Yeah, um, a couple gotcha. years ago. Mm-hmm. But what got me this time, like on that particular part of it, like the Centennial Ultra. So I got through all the big traverses pretty much in the light. But then I got to Capital, which I've probably done at least over 20 times, you know. And Capital's the standard route after the knife edge. I mean, that's when it got dark and I got tired and I could not figure the thing out. 
I was up there. I'd find a Karen and then I'd be hunting all around with my light, looking for the next Karen. Couldn't find it. I mean, it, nothing made sense. And in the winter, I've gone up there, like just stayed on the ridge the whole time. But in the dark, the ridge looked impossible. I don't know what my problem was. So huh. Capital really kicked my butt. I will, I will mm -hmm. say that, you know, after, and I, I was having a lot of trouble in the darkness on this thing. Like the minute it would get dark, my brain would just turn off and I'd want to go to sleep, you know, and then multiple times I, I was out there all night long, you know? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just, I remember yeah. he would like send me a text, you know, go up Capitol. He's saying how tired he is and how he's, his brain's not working. So, you know, I'm all worried about him. And then the next thing I know is like, he sends me a text. He's like, oh, I'm so great. I took a 25 minute nap. This is going to be great. And then, you know, it lasts a whole five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, until he's struggling again. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. But but actually getting back, you know, you were talking about lows, you know, and then we, we but but I, I would like to mention like because because that was definitely for me, there were some big ones in this one. And the first one, and I don't know if you've read what I had posted on there, but like the, the big first big low was the first night. Huh. It was just absolutely brutal. And uh, it was uh, so, you know, when we were starting, you know, a few days before we were supposed to start, the skies were full of smoke in Denver, you know, and I was like, OK, well, how are we going to do with all the smoke in the air? You know, and then and then all of a sudden, you know, bam, we've got it's like the monsoons came early, you know, and it was like, you know, as for as far as you could tell, it was just nothing but, you know, huge amounts of moisture coming in. And the, the last time that happened was when I was doing the 14 er record in 2015. I mean, it's uncanny how I pick out these dates, you know. You know, so we kind of like we we like we delayed the thing a little bit just to like try to, you know, get through a little bit of that. And 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 uh, and that's when I, I sort of made this decision. OK, well, I had originally wanted to start on Vestal, but now with the weather and stuff, it's like, hey, I could actually do the what what, I, what we've called the Weminuch Wipeout, which is another one of my favorite routes. It's basically all the peaks in the San Juans that are in this in the Weminuch wilderness. And so those are all, well, you know, there's some good ones that aren't in there, but those are great <laughs> ones. It's like you got Vestal, Jagged, Pigeon and Turret, all the Chicago Basin and Jupiter. And then one thing that we had never done was the true Weminuch wipeout was real Grand Pyramid because it's all the way off by itself, right? So I was like, how wouldn't it be cool if I added that in, you know, on there? And it, like I said, it didn't, it wouldn't make sense if you were really going for speed. You know, if you were really trying to go for your fastest time possible. That just doesn't make any sense. Well, And I brought yeah. that up to him, you know, because going from, I mean, we had done previously the women which wipe out, but that wasn't including Rio Grande pyramid. And we were at this time trying to keep his tendons from freaking out. You know, <laughs> he was sore all the time and his tendons were a step away from just causing him big problems. And so we were in the car and I was like, I know you're going to say no, but hear me out. What if you don't hike from Rio Grande pyramid <laughs> to Vestal? <laughs> I mean, maybe just a thought. <laughs> I mean, <I> <laughs> was, let's save, save your tendons. But at the same time, like, does it, it kind of, it, it kind of makes sense. And it kind of doesn't because Rio Grande pyramid in and of itself is a monster hike. And so he's going to be doing this monster hike and get one peak done or do a cross country monster hike and make it epic. So I understood where he was coming from, but it just would have been a lot easier on his tendons the other way, just kind of going on a trail, not going through the rugged up and down valleys and hills. And But it worked out. <laughs> I think that's so cool that it's, you know, I mean, obviously this is a speed record, so that's incredible time but the style points i mean really and yeah. that's such a cool it's so cool that you added those things in because it i don't know it's just it that makes it so much uh more epic like classy you said, yeah. Yeah. yeah there are some some neat routes in there and if you're someone that loves the mountains and and stuff i think you would appreciate some of those routes you know Absolutely. and that's kind of why yeah. why i've never been drawn to like doing it sort of like self-supported you know, which is a whole different challenge for its own reasons. You know, you got to drive yourself and do all that stuff. But I've just never liked how you always have to get back to the same spot. And so it just takes a lot of those great routes out of the picture. And that's just like, oh, that would really annoy me, mm -hmm. you know, because there's some cool stuff you can definitely, you know, do in there.
It made it really fun for fans too on the forum because we were watching your live, you know, track, and we're like, you know, I was sitting at a brewery most of the time, like watching you and like drinking beer, and I was like, Tornado Man, do you think he's gonna double traverse North Maroon? And Maroon? <laughs> or like Tornado Man, do you think I'm, he's gonna take take a nap by the lake before he does Capital? Because it's gonna be midnight before. He does that before he does <laughs> yeah. Capital. Going, yeah. I was like, have you seen Hamilton's <laughs> on Capitol? <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, Hamilton's on Capitol. This is amazing. It was oh, so yeah, fun man. as a fan to watch that live. <laughs> Another thing that was interesting is I, I felt that uh, obviously right off you started improvising a lot on this trip. Um, yeah. When you did the 14ers record, we all knew like what peaks you were going to do on what day pretty much. Yeah. Uh, this one... You know, we didn't really have that much of an idea. I was down on... Neither did we! <laughs> so, yeah, we so, yeah, don't have an idea. There's no way we can. It was, uh, it was really interesting how you, you know, like you grabbed those peaks early. You went with those easier peaks because the weather was terrible and there was snow. And mm-hmm. then, so you kind of had some clusters left in various parts of the state. So you kind of had to pick up later. Mm-hmm. So. yeah obviously yeah. that wasn't ideal you know like the whole 14 record you know the 14 record is so fast and fine-tuned now you can't afford to do any of that improvising anymore you have to have your plan to stick with it i mean you know you just have to right even just i don't think you can even come up with a logical way to start anywhere else than yeah. chicago basin i just don't think it works you know and uh but this one you know you know, granted, I wanted to do it. Like I had this 18 day super aggressive plan, you know, and, uh, and, you know, man, uh, but, but, uh, but there was, it wasn't like, I mean, I did have a little bit of breathing room, you know, you know, just because no one's ever done this, that style before. Right. So, so I could improvise. Yeah. And, and that was kind of nice because I'll tell you, like, you know, so that first night, you know, you know, we did Calabra, you know, we waited. Right. And then we're like, you know, I'm, I was super stressed about getting to Calabra because, our, our old contact at Calabra that was kind of friendly and it's like, yeah, you can do it whenever you want. They're gone. And now it's like Calabra. They're like, you know, we, you know, you got to come in when we tell you to come in. Yeah. If you don't make it, then you don't they're, get a second they're chance. Not, but they're not budging. And they're no not matter, budging, right? No so what. that was stressful because I didn't know how long a lot of these routes were going to take. For example, like, you know, Sneffels through, uh, you know, to Dallas, you know, how long is that going to take? You know, stuff like that. I just didn't know. Like, is it reasonable? Oh, I had some of these ridiculous days too. Oh, they were so bad. Like some of these days I had, I had planned thinking they might be a little bit, you know, a little bit hard. Oh yeah. They weren't even close. Like they were too, <laughs> way too aggressive. Right. So I was like, well, if I start on, on, uh, on Calabra, then, Hey, then we don't have to worry about that anymore, but that is not an efficient place to start. I mean, you know what I mean? It's just like, you're wasting uh, you know, Calabria is such a good one you could do in the dark because it's and so easy. And I think easy, some people you know, pick uh, that up. They're like, why yeah. are they starting right. on Calabria? Yeah. <laughs> and that was just with all the snow and all the uncertainty. And then, you know, it was like, let's just start in Calabria. And then we don't have to worry about getting there, you know, again. So, uh, so that was yeah. so. And so then, you know, originally it was going to go Calabria and then start the Wemenuch Wipeout. Well, I'm fresh. Head over, head straight over there and, and start with Rio Grande Pyramid. But with the snow... I was like, you know, because there was, you know, there was a couple inches on Calabria up there, uh, and there was just no way I wanted to do like I the Wham Ridge or Jagged with snow on it. Calabria. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and, and it was like, like it was looking like there was going to be like that for at least a week or longer in the San Juans, you know. So it was like, well, let's head, let's home, head home to to or to the Sawatch, you know, which we've done Nolan so many times. That's like home base, right? And mm-hmm. and so, but on the way, I'm like, yeah, but let's go snag Phoenix, San Luis, and Stewart. They're sort of like these three sort of standalone peaks, you know, out there in the San Juans. And they, it just made sense. You had there, knock those three off on our way up to the San Juans. And then we just got like this blizzard that night. And that night was so rough. And I just uh, totally underappreciated how long the ridge is from like Phoenix to San Luis. And it was like, it was the same conditions that I remember seeing in the winter on like La Plata, you know, the super windy. And it was just, I was so cold and like everything. I was so frozen. And, uh, Anyway, I mean, that's a long story by itself, but what one of my favorite pictures was, uh, you know, when I was coming out and it took until the morning, you know, so that's what it, that was the beginning of a long line of nights where like I wanted to be done early and get some sleep, but I got out at like six in the morning, you know, and uh, as I was coming out, Vince took this picture of me and in the background is Stuart and the whole mount, it's just solid white, you know, it's it was unbelievable. And, you know, usually, you know, you'll see the top of the peak you know, a little, a little white up there or something, but it was solid white. Wow. And so it was just so brutal. And, and in my mind, it didn't feel like I'd been up there for a day. I mean, 
my body was worked as, as much as I'd been worked on like an eight day backpacking trip. You know, my tendons were toast. Cause you know, when you're walking on snow, you can't see the rocks, you know? And so it's like your tendons, you can't, you just, they're just getting worked, you know? And, well, and it was crazy you know. because when he started the hike, the skies were clear. And, um, and so it was, he started off like in super high spirits. And I was like, oh, maybe it won't be so bad. It was like, hot. He was like, oh, I won't <laughs> need my heavy gear. This is great. You know? So then literally like 20 minutes later was when the clouds came and it started to rain on me. And then that's just when it all went to hell for him. And it was interesting. Cause I don't know, have you guys ever drove? have driven the road up to Stewart. It's like hundreds of miles. It feels like, I mean, it takes like hours and hours yeah. and hours on just this dirt road. I'm like, how much further out in the middle of nowhere can I go? But it was like hailing and hailing and thundering and light. And I'm like, Oh my God, poor Andrew, he's up there. And I can't imagine it was so bad. And we, it was, you know, a lesson learned for sure that he didn't take his warm gear. And so he was up there in winter conditions in, he couldn't stop moving because he knew that if he stopped moving, he'd probably die. That's what I was thinking. I was like, man, if I, if I drop my phone, I'm dead because I couldn't figure out where to go without my phone, you know, and, yeah, he and would, it was he would take like one couple oh, steps and like, you know, you're, totally you're on a mountain ridge. ridge. You think it would be easy to stay on it, but you can't see a thing. And, uh, and you know, you start just the second you're not paying attention, uh, you know, you're going, you're veering off on something that's not really a ridge, but it feels like a ridge, you know, <laughs> and then, but my hands were frozen. So I didn't really want to have my phone out, you know? And so, but, but I would have, would have had no clue where to go without yeah, my and phone. And I'm getting these know? sad oh, yeah. messages from him. Like my hands are frozen. <laughs> I'm frozen. And he, I, I was rereading one of the messages. He was like, there's buzzing all around me. So <laughs> it was, you know, there was like electricity somewhere. It wasn't like bolts but there was buzzing and so it was like on top of all of the snow and the treacherous terrain there's buzzing he's worrying about and cold hands and cold body and it's just it was a nightmare so so in my mind like i don't know this did not seem like day one this seemed like i've been going for a while like calabra seemed ages ago and i was just thinking to myself this is ridiculous you know i mean it's just bad luck you know i can't i mean what how stupid is it like like why not just Let's just, you know, wait another year, you know, and we could use these three weeks, go on he a family vacation. Our family vacation. Yeah, we grab the kids, <laughs> go see some of these centennials we hadn't done. And uh, it, I mean, it was made a lot of sense to me. I mean, I, I mean, it, I was so beat up already, you know, and uh, and so I got got back down there totally thinking Andrea would agree with my logic. Mm -hmm. You know, like let's just quit, <laughs> and and she wouldn't hear anything of it. Like, you know, like oh no, we're no. going on. Like, yeah. I was sorry, yeah. that's not happening. And so, you know, I'm trying to, because if I had agreed with him, we would have been done and that would have been it quit gone. And I, and so in my mind, I'm like, no, Andrew, we're not doing that. But I honestly, I was mentally preparing ourselves to quit. And that took a lot of mental preparation because we worked, I mean, there is so much preparation that goes into this. And so you're out for a night and it goes wrong and we're in this bad weather window and it's like, Oh my God, now he wants to quit. And it's just, it's really demoralizing to think about it. And it's like, and then there's like, also like, well, shoot, we got like everybody hyped up for this <laughs> you know, and we're going to quit. No, we can't do that. Sorry. <laughs> and so, and, and so I, we were um, in contact with uh, Chris Tomer and he was our he was our saving grace. He, where he told us to go, he, when he said move, we moved. And that was, that's what we were like, Hey, we're going to go here. And he was like, Nope, don't do that. Go here. And that's so, that's so great. and so he, and so I was kind of like, Andrew, Chris said that it's gonna, you know, the weather's going to get better. I mean, I know. Did he really say that? No, I'm just like, it's going to get better. I know it is, <laughs> you know, but he needed to hear some positivity, you know, like, it's going to be fine. We're going to take it a day at a so, time. So you were lying to me. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to get better okay I, you know i don't know when but i assumed it was 
probably in a couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I had made a big Excel spreadsheet with all the plans, just like I had for the 14 year record. You know, I had the, the splits, all this for every day. And by day two, I don't think we ever looked Out at that again. Like at it. it was just, we had to take it one day at a time. You know, And that's what got yeah. him through. That's, he yeah. needed to take it one day at a time, which is what yeah. we did. It was like, okay, you're going to have crappy weather. We're going to have yeah. crappy weather on top of Princeton. We're going to have crappy weather here, but we're in the cell watch. So it doesn't really matter. You know, we're not climbing class four mountains. It's fine. You know, we can handle that. And so I would make decisions that maybe seemed a little weird. Like, for example, we just drove right by Ure. And the, you know, the reasoning was, well, let's go get this group of four peaks done. We can always clean up Ure later. And then like, you know, the next day there was this big leg. It was like, you know, Oxford, or sorry, uh, Columbia, Harvard, Oxford, Belford, Missouri, um, you know, and then uh, Emerald, Iowa, Huron, Ice Mountain, and North Apostle, you know, all those peaks, right? And and so we skipped Yale because Yale would have set me back a good four or five hours at least, you know, and then, I, you know, who knows where I would have been in the dark, you know? So anyway, so so then, but then later we had this sort of like random assortment of single peaks to go pick up at the end. And, it, you know, it was just, you know, and then it killed me when we had to leave Hope you know, we're up that annoying road, you know, to take to get to like Winfield. It's this annoying washboard road. And we're all and, and we had done La Plata. We did all those peaks and we just we left hope because uh, <laughs> so that meant we'd have to drive up that road again later. You know, uh, but that's because basically Chris had said, hey, this might be a good time to go get the Elks. You know, so it's like, so well, we left. it's a good chance. So it's like, let's just no. get out of here and make sure we can start when we need to over yeah. in the Elks, you know? Wow. So that's why some of those mountains were kind of left behind in random spots. And the order know? just really didn't, yeah. we didn't have a rhyme or reason except for weather. Yeah. And I hate, I hate having to run from the weather like that. I really do. Yeah. It's yeah. not really our style, you know, it's like <laughs> right. running from the weather. It's yeah. like, usually we're just like, suck it up. Yeah. But so, but I was scared after that first day. I was, I was scared. <laughs> yeah, and it would be hard to think: is this a sign that I maybe shouldn't be doing it at this time? Maybe wait till next year, like you were saying, or is it just a, a test? <laughs> a test. It's this the squirrel catcher at the beginning. So when you kind of threw out the Excel spreadsheet proverbially and and didn't you know look at your splits anymore, was that? a cause for more stress or was that kind of a relief and you're like, okay, we can kind of wing it and have fun with it now. Or was it a little bit of both? Well, it's probably good. I wasn't looking at the splits cause I was moving a lot slower than I think I was expecting. You know, on, on that first day I was so worked after that first day. I was just, and I went into this pretty fit. You know, I was pretty fit going into this probably fitter. Usually I would, you know, get fit when I did these things, you know, but this time I didn't want to do that. I wanted to be strong when I started. So I felt like I went into it really strong and I was completely worked after that, you know, that first day, you know, and that's why it did seem kind of silly. Like, man, you know, to me, like, I was like, well, I mean, like, whatever, let's just, you know, well, you know, you know, when I, I used to be a mountain bike racer, right. And uh, I remember the good guys, I was just one of these guys that wasn't that great at it, but, uh, but you'd have these guys that were pros and they'd come in and they would just blow everyone away. Right. But they were so interesting because, they would come in and if there was a couple of them in the same race, the guy that wasn't winning would quit every time. And I was, that always annoyed me to no end. Cause I was always the, like, I'm going to finish this no matter what, you know, and uh, they quit. And it's like, well, they didn't, if they're not going to win, they just didn't care. You know, they would just quit. And, and so there is some logic to, if you get your butt kicked like that so early to just quitting and then you can, you know, have a better performance the next time. But this is such a big thing. I've been thinking about this record since 2015. We've had, it's been delayed for so it's many been reasons. It's delayed for so we long. We just wanted to knock it off the list. Yeah, we you wanted know? to get done. And, yeah. and, you know, I just, yeah, it's just really hard to quit once you get started because it's, it would be hard also to pick up the momentum again. So that's, there's so many reasons why, you know, that went through my head on why quitting was not a good idea. So, uh, so let's see. So, so yeah. So anyway, you know, then I was starting to have all these like medical issues right around there too. Like I was dealing with all this swelling and like sore tendons and stuff like that. But we've got these uh, things in the, in the car, these, uh, these inflatable things that like a, a lot of athletes kind of have heard of them, but they like inflate in like four stages. They're like um, compression. Yeah. It's like they so they compress your legs and they keep the blood flowing. And, and so, I mean, that saved me basically, you know, and, uh, and it is pretty amazing that, that we worked through that, you know, and, you know, um, so, you know, then we got into the San Juans again, I was trying to think, 
uh, of uh, man, some of those great routes I did. You know, you guys had me thinking. One of my favorites was uh, definitely like the Sneffels to Dallas. You know, that was a route we had scouted out with my son one time, huh. and uh, like that's that's really cool. I mean, some of these routes we did yeah, cool. are just so cool. And and nobody, you know, you wouldn't really do that. But you know, there are some, you know, there are definitely some Karens up in the area. So it's not like someone's done. You know, we're not the first person to do some of those routes for sure. But they you got know? to that point, turned around. Yeah, yeah, they were marking their turnaround. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. So uh, so and then and and then yeah and then I should talk about too like uh, you know so we talked a li little bit about the Elks right I mean so that was like we were talking about all those great traverses. And, uh, and, and that was, you know, brutal getting out of there. And then, but the other one that was sort of like, we, that we've talked a little about was that women each wipeout. And, and uh, you know, as we mentioned, uh, you know, it's like Rio Grande Pyramid to all those other peaks. And, and uh, you know, what was really cool about that too, and, and uh, you may have noticed this when you were on Rio Grande Pyramid recently, but the one thing that's kind of sad, but it gives it, it gives it this eerie feeling out there, especially as you go from Rio Grande Pyramid over to like Vestal, is the forests are dead. They're completely wiped out by the beetle. It's insane. Mm -hmm. yep. And uh, man, so I don't know. I guess it needs a forest fire because otherwise it's all going to end up like Chicago Basin with a million trees across the trail, you know, and stuff like that, you know, once they start falling down. But uh, but anyway, so I wanted to, to talk about So that was one of my favorite stories, too, was uh, so I'm doing the women each wipeout. And and I did. I was constantly having these tendon injuries that I thought were going to be the end of me. And then I don't know, I don't know, then they'd, they'd be okay, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know? And uh, so I, I met up with them, like, so after doing Rio Grande Pyramid, I met up with them, like, I don't know, have you guys been up to Vestal? Like, I can't remember from our last talk if you guys have been up there. I've no, no, seen no, it from not yet. a distance. <laughs> a distance. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, you know, once you're done with the 14ers, you know, if you start getting into the Centennials, which I hope you do, because the Centennials are great. But like, and that's probably, I mean, it's got to be, if not the best, is definitely one of the top spots is like Vestal, you know, because you got Vestal Arrow, you got the Trinities, spectacular spot to go to. And, uh, and so anyway, I met up with uh, Andrea and Dave, they, they met me with food and resupply and stuff like that. And that was, it was amazing that Dave was able to come with me because the hike in, I mean, we're hiking in from Mollus Pass, so it's not. I mean, it's seven miles to where we met Andrew. And then from there, we hike in to Vestal Basin. But um, I learned real quick when I was resupplying him uh, on the bells that it's freaking, that pack is heavy and I can't do this myself. <laughs> like I struggled getting up to 10-8 to resupply him for the for the bells oh and yeah and it was really funny because she was gonna take my bike up there because you know they have all these rules with the bus and shuttles and all this stuff and so we we're like well you could just ride the bike up there and then and then uh oh yeah and it was, i was gonna be for her she was gonna ride the bike up and his bike is huge with right the gear. yeah like it's my bike yeah <laughs> or, or almost yeah but uh but and uh and, and so for her to be on the bike she's really gonna be stretched out right and, and she was like, oh, yeah, I'll just ride it up there. No problem. I was like, yeah, ah, you know, I was picturing yeah. her with this big, heavy pack on, like all bent over. I was like, I didn't think that was going to work. <laughs> no. Yeah. And and so I ended up getting a bus ticket last minute, which Laura, um, his sister, helped me out with, which was life saving because <laughs> I couldn't even walk. I was like, oh, how? How am I going to hike this up? Well, anyway, so same stuff that I had to hike in to from Mollus Pass to me Andrews all the same stuff I had the 65 liter I couldn't fit like another I couldn't fit one more thing in there and so Dave was amazing where he came with us and we just split the gear he actually took a, he took a ton of weight which was yeah. great because it was just so much weight I just couldn't have done it and then because we were going to continue on with him and then I was going to do Trinity with him and I'm like I can't I can't carry all of this and hike with you it's just too hard so actually one of the reasons i really wanted her there was because we had done uh jagged the previous year and that's when i had discovered and i may have mentioned this the last time we talked but uh jagged had it's changed since the guidebook like roach's book was written about it like he he talks about these three it was already obviously one of the, one of the hardest ones you know whereas dallas may have been technically like dallas is a little complicated getting up it and stuff like that Definitely fifth class. So that was always sort of up there as like my hardest one in terms of the technicality. Um, 
but jagged, you know, with its remoteness, like, you know, multi days just to get in there and then how difficult it is. That was, you know, up there too, like first or second hardest of all. Of them. Right. Like, Cause the plan yeah. was for me to hike in, climb, uh, Trinity and then do jagged with him. Because this previous year when we had done it, it had changed. Right. So Roach mentions these three cruxes, but then you get to this notch, you come around the corner and you don't even really think about it in the old days. You just go up this chimney and bam, you're at the top, you know? And now there's this big rock that had fallen and plugged this chimney. Oh, and it's, cool. it's like, I get to that thing and I'm like, it's impossible. Like totally overhung. I did meet another guy on the way out of there. And I was trying to describe the way I go up now. And he took one look at the chimney. He's like, Oh yeah, I'll go up that way. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I, I mean, I don't get it. I, I'm not that good of a climber. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but when we did it, we had the kids there and I couldn't figure out how to go up there. I was kind of freaking out, you know, and, uh, and Andrea figured out this other way up there and I was behind her. I was kind of holding her feet and she made it, but I never, and then she was able to you know, drop a rope down to me. I had her, her pulling up on her, on, on my hands and my son pushing up on my butt and they got me up to this next <laughs> level and we were all able to then get up. But I was scared. Like, I was like, what if I can't figure it out on my own? You know? So I wanted her to be there just to like help me, you know, find the spot if I couldn't figure it out. Cause I mean, imagine you get out there and you can't figure out how to get to the top of this peak. Cause I'm not a great climber. I mean, pretty good scrambler, but once, you know, and, and uh, I don't know what would be rated now, but it, it's, it's, you know, definitely five, six, I would say, or, you know, or I don't know. I mean, maybe some climber would be like, yeah, yeah, it's fourth class. You know, I don't, I don't really know. But, uh, but so, but then, you know, so we're doing this, you know, we, um, I did the Wham Ridge, which, you know, that to me, that was like, I had to do the Wham Ridge. That was one of the reasons like I wasn't going to go down there in the snow because I wouldn't want to do the Wham Ridge in the snow. It's just this sloping, you know, ramp of granite, it's a beautiful route. And, um, and so then after that, Andrea was going to be coming to like jagged, but as I'm going up the Wham Ridge, I'm kind of thinking to myself, wait a second, you know, doing the math in my head. I'm probably not going to be there till like, you know, 7 p.m. tonight. I think we and decided on Trinity. So, that, oh, on Trinity. That oh, we weren't. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that so, I wasn't so we're, coming to Yeah, so we're doing that. And then I'm like, well, so after that, they're supposed to be able to get back to the car. I mean, we wouldn't have day. gotten out until 6 a.m. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, how, I mean yeah. and then drive over and meet him after he comes yeah. out of Chicago Basin and after yeah. we're supposed to, I don't. So no. I was kind of like, well, <laughs> we're like that's not going to work. So I was kind of like, well, never mind. You know, you guys can turn back now. And I think they were both kind of excited about that. Well, no, we went, <laughs> well, we came yeah, down to Boston. Yeah, yeah, they came yeah. down to Boston Lake, but they didn't have to come all the way to Jagged. So, so that was nice. And, uh, but, and so then, and, you know, so then as I'm closing in on Jagged, a rainstorm hits, you know, so, and it, yeah, at first I was going to walk through this rainstorm, you know, it was just sort of sprinkling a little, but then it wasn't stopping. And so I, I decided just to hunker down under my, on my tarp for a little while. And it turned, it ended up raining like pretty hard for like an hour, you know? And, uh, and so that was a little scary. So now I've got like a couple hours of light left and I, I really wanted to get jagged that night. And uh, so then I had to go do jagged. Fortunately, the rocks dry off pretty quickly, even after a rainstorm, but like, it's got lots of these like grass and moss and mud on mm -hmm. all these ledges. And so all that was just soaked, you know? So, so jagged was still pretty scary, you know? So, um, but, but I made it, you know, I survived and, uh, you know, got, got down, you know, right as it got dark. And, and so then I, I slept pretty soon, you know, I got, you know, uh, down as far as I could, but then I was kind of thinking, you know, it's kind of dumb to be going right now. I felt like I was moving super slow. So I'll just sleep, you know, cause I was carrying at that point, um, you know, they had resupplied me with a sleeping bag and pad and, and stuff. And, um, and so the next day I've got to make my way over to pigeon and turret. And normally I've got plenty of food, but about noon the next day I ran out of food. And it was right around Ruby Pass. And so this ended up being really significant. As you mentioned her, she talked about the 28 mile burrito delivery. Well, so I ran out of food at like, you know, noon. And, you know, after a run out of food, you know, you, you drop down to like 12,000. Which was 000. crazy to me. I mean, it, you know, it makes me feel bad because oh. I'm the one that's, you know, going over all the food with him. And like, here, this is what I packed you. What do you think about this? And every time he comes back with leftover food, he doesn't need this. He doesn't need that. And he didn't have time for this or he didn't have water. And so, so what I had packed him, it was like, it just made sense. I'm like, this is great. And we both went over it. Yeah, this is going to be good. It's fine. Well, he ended up eating it all, which was, I'm like, where did that come from? I know I got hungry, I guess. <laughs> I, and I was trying to go too light, you know, cause you're going multiple days. Right. And so you're trying to cut back. So I just cut back too much, but, uh, I, so, so yeah, so then, uh, 
So then I, you know, you got to go down, you got to go turret. And then I got to go around to do pigeon and now I'm starting to get really hungry. And I was saving 150 calorie, like little waffle, those sports waffles. So I had, that was my, I was going to save that for Elis, mm -hmm. you know? And, uh, and so anyway, so then, and it was, uh, you know, so I'm going all day, I'm super hungry. In fact, you know, I've been a vegetarian since I was 19 and, uh, uh, but I was picturing like naked and afraid. I don't know if you've ever seen that show, but I was like, thinking about the moths that were flying around annoying me like you know i, I wonder if like how much caloric value there's just oh my god <laughs> it's not a good or, or like, touch meat. Yeah. <laughs> or like a pica i mean i was looking Marmot at a pica. pica and i was like you know i'm making afraid they just they eat that yeah, they <laughs> there's like yeah there's like two chicken <laughs> <Chipotle> nuggets <laughs> yeah yeah so i was hungry you know i was hungry and so i got i got to um well and then so i do pigeon and turret and the route i was going to do to get to elis it was just a hope route. Like I hoped it went through. <laughs> I've looked at it before from Elis and I thought, man, it really looks like you could just drop down this ridge and get down there, you know? So, but I never had had time. It's just so far out of the way to go back and just actually make sure it went through. If it hadn't gone through, I mean, it would have, I would have needed a lot of time to drop uh, all the way back down into Ruby and around a twin thumbs pass. It would have cost me a lot of time. And uh, that would have been very depressing without any food, you know? And, uh, and, and so anyway, so fortunately it did go and, and that was actually a really cool route to get up, uh, North Elis. North Elis is really impressive if you're ever on top of it and you continue, like say you were on Elis heading towards North Elis and you continue that direction on the ridge, it gets really spicy. So it, it's a neat spot because where I, I joined the ridge a little bit, like, I don't know, like North of North Elis almost actually it's more like East too. But, uh, anyway, so that was a neat route, but, and so now I'm on like, North Elis, I got like an hour or two of daylight left and I still have to get, you know, over to, to Elis and sunlight and Wyndham and then Jupiter. And then finally I could drop down to Chicago basin where I could get support, you know? And, uh, and so, but that ended up taking forever. You know, I ended up getting the sunlight. Okay. And it was kind of nice. Cause you know, you're out there just in the complete wilderness, you know, going from jagged to uh, pigeon and turret, there's you're, you're totally bushwhacking a good chunk of it. There's, there's a very light trail that goes up towards Jagged, but it, where, when you leave that trail on No Name Creek, there's nothing. And so, you know, I've done it three different ways now. And uh, this, I mean, I just never do it well. I think we did it pretty good with the kids. But, uh, you know, it's just like very steep like willow bush whacking and stuff. Seven -year -old. Yeah, with the children. But, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, but anyway, like college age kids. Yeah, the kids oh, are oh, small. Oh, oh, they were, you know, they were pretty big, right? They're yeah. big now. Yeah, yeah. The youngest was like 13 last year. Yeah. But, uh, oh, that was a brutal trip. You know, it's, it does my heart good to know that I, I broke, I broke them down to tears, you know, at they, some point. Yeah. yeah. Like two, two out of the three, <laughs> yeah. we, we had in tears. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Axel, like, well oh my gosh. No. When you look at the map, Axel had made it 99% of the way before he finally We had down. like yeah, a quarter guy. of a mile left <laughs> and like another hundred feet in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he finally broke down crying because we were all moving so fast to get to the car. So. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we were moving. Yeah. You did not but uh but anyway so you know what was interesting though is you go out there where you see no trails no sign of humans you know, you know nothing in, in that one area is like i was heading from like jagged over to uh pigeon and turret and then it's funny because you know you do elis and you drop down to twin lakes and all of a sudden you see this karen and this karen is like a mountain you know, it's this gigantic karen and it's like it just shows you wow i'm not in like the centennial land anymore it's wow. not you know? 13er <laughs> land anymore <laughs> yeah Wow. And, uh, and, th and then, th but to finish that one off was the traverse to Jupiter was really surprising because I've done that before and it didn't seem like much. And, uh, but in the dark, it was just like these class three slabs that were covered in snow and water. And so I was having to take it really slow there. I just felt really exposed. And so at this point, I'm pretty desperate by the time I get to, to Jupiter. And so that's when Andrea and, our and I are communicating. So meanwhile, she's sort of set up and she's going to meet, she set off, you know, she had to hike in you know, 14 ish, 15 miles to meet me, get to bring me some food, which I was just desperate for at that point. I was just, I could think of nothing but eating some food. And uh, so she was going to meet me. And uh, so I was really excited, you know, to meet her down there. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as we start getting closer and I'm like, you know, having to stop for little naps coming down uh, Jupiter and, uh, and she's coming up. And so then at one point I'm like, okay, just meet me at 10, eight, you know, 10, eight, it's like the very beginning of Chicago basin. 
And then at one point she's like, oops, I fell asleep and I went all the way back down to the bridge. And, <laughs> and so can you just meet me down at the bridge? And I'm like, that was <laughs> like I can't do that, you know. And so I think she could probably hear the the pity in my in my text or something. <laughs> so she, yeah, he she, was yeah. like he was like, oh, I'm so demoralized oh, yeah. now. You're demoralizing me. So so fortunately, she did turn around. And what was funny about that is. So I guess she, she was just down in Chicago Basin recently, but at the time they hadn't cleaned up all those trees yet. I don't know if you know about, and uh, yeah, a lot. I think oh, it, yeah. was, um, it was like over a hundred of trees yeah. had fallen down and, and, uh, and yeah, so they made, and they basically were right at the, if you're coming from, you know, the peaks and you're coming down, like back down towards Needleton, it was like right at the end of the basin. So right, the Chicago Basin, right where it starts dropping down, that's sort of where it all began. And then there was, man, it was just super thick. I mean, it was like it was like an avalanche mm -hmm. field, but it wasn't. It was just wasn't like it? It was for like a mile, at least when we were there. It was a long way. Yeah, it was probably a mile and a half of just down trees. Yeah, they're cleared now. Someone Are came really? in with the saw and, and did away with it. So they, that was amazing. I mean, that trees. was the best thing ever. <laughs> when I just, just, went, I was just back there and I was like, yes, whoever did this, praise you. <laughs> yes. Seconds before I met up with her. Seconds before I find yeah, on this, this tree amazing. tree branch, it was like it must have been on someone's pack and maybe got snagged and they didn't notice. Was this giant deluxe sleeping pad? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we had so, a couple miracles. And so right after, so I find that and then I see your light and I was like, sweet, look what I found. And so we both we slept on that thing for like yeah. you know several hours until like, <laughs> you know after it was I ate like that this burrito. Huge big comfy yeah. pad. It was there's a poof. Just yeah. appeared right in front of us. Oh, God loves you. That's amazing. That's like so <laughs> awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there were, there were about two. The other one was the people. Oh, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The oh, that's a good story. Did yeah. you guys bring that home with you or did you leave it for other hikers? I did leave it. I, I thought about taking it out because I really liked it. But then I was like, you know, maybe someone's up there and maybe it came off their pack. And they, they were like, oh, they didn't know where it fell off. And so they were up there without a pad and we're going to come and find it on their way back. So <laughs> Sorry, I, we took yeah, it. <laughs> so I was kind of like, I was yeah, kind of like, no. well, you know, I should probably leave it here, you know? So, so I did. So, so, we, I, left so we left it, it up there. Mm -hmm. yeah. But we slept, I mean, we slept pretty good, like for like two hours and then we started hiking back again. But, but yeah, that was. Yeah. So, so that, that was, I mean, that was an amazing route. Like that one minute wipe out. That is pretty cool. So that one um it's you know it's funny it doesn't have quite i was thinking back to like the centennial elks versus the women each wipeout they're probably the two best routes that i did on this whole thing you know like like they stand alone by themselves as these great adventures you could do with somebody and uh you know so and, and they're both they're both amazing you know so i mean the, the centennial elks is just these amazing traverses one after another and the women each wipeout you're just so far away from everybody and then the peaks are just amazing by themselves you know so they're they're two really neat you know really neat sort of things that we added into this whole you know this whole this whole attempt yeah so one one question i thought of while you're describing your route up to north eolus how many of these had you done before versus you were just totally flying blind what's the percentage yeah well the percentage let's see i mean probably okay well so yeah, let's talk about half just Oh yeah. Oh, I, I always like to scout them out in advance, right? Because I've paid for it many, like, it seems like every time I haven't seen a mountain, I'll pay for it. You know, you'd think at this point in my life, I would be a little bit better, but no, you know, I still get my butt kicks, you know, out there. And, uh, and so, but is a percentage, I mean, I hadn't climbed them all when I started, I'd probably have like five or so left to go. Like, you know, so I had like 95 of the centennials done. Um, I had done, uh, you know, a bunch of them when I was younger with my stepdad and a lot of them I've seen multiple times. Right. So a lot of them, you know, you know, um, you know, like the, some of the harder routes like that snuffles to Dallas. I definitely didn't just do that on the fly. Um, you know, I definitely went and saw that. And, and then I actually had my track from that to follow. Right. But, um, and, and so, and I think it's really important, but then again, a lot of the times, you know, you might see a route, for example, Rio Grande pyramid we had done but we had just done the standard route 10 miles up Rio Grande Pyramid and back. And so then once we decided to traverse from Rio Grande Pyramid over to Vestal, I did that just by hopping on like the maps and turning on the satellite imagery. And you saw there's and, a trail. And, and like, yeah, following it, trying to link up some trails 
and at one point just trying to find the least thick bush or, or trees to go through, right? You know, to get through an area. And I was really worried about one area where it looked like the trail went into willows for about a mile and a half. And so that was a big, I was like thinking about that all day. I really wanted to get there before it got dark and it ended up not being a big deal, but, but I didn't know. Right. And, uh, but man, I'll tell you, it is really good to know those routes because, uh, man, half peak. I don't know. Have you ever done yeah, half peak? Yeah, you have to hear the story. Yeah. That was one. So, you know, this whole thing started and the Calibron was sort of, it's been off limits this year. Right. You know, for most of the year it was closed. I, um, I, you're aware of that. I know they're not, they're not like, you know, my no, number one favorite peaks, uh, you know, it, it's funny. If you look at the number of times I've tallied up my peaks, surprisingly, those are like the fewest ones I've been to is like the Calibron, you know? And, uh, whereas a lot of people are like, Oh yeah. A lot of people crank, have like, crank me out some peaks, you know? So, so, uh, so anyway, you know, it's just, it was such a bummer to have that be like this thing that I would have to, you know, be worried about was like, Oh crap, we'll get up there. And, here, I'm doing this publicly, so I don't really want to do them illegally, you know, because, you know, it's sort of like stomping on people's efforts to try to get them opened up. You know, if you're publicly saying, ah, I did them illegally, you know, the landowner's not going to like that, you know. Right. And uh, and so anyway, uh, you know, we come up with this plan. Well, I'll just add in the next three highest as sort of like and then I could call it the legal highest hundred record. You know, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> something like that. Right. Oh, and, okay, uh, so, yeah. And so I decided to add in. Jones, Niagara, and Trinity, which were the next three on the list. And, uh, and then I would still try to go to them. And my thought was, well, I would hike up to the legal spot, you know, which was where the private property started. On the maps, you can kind of see where the, the private property is. I was kind of hoping there'd be a sign there that says, hey, this is private property. Don't go any further. But that's only true on Bross. You know, the other ones, it's not really marked where to go. And so, so anyway, I, you know, I didn't really know what I was going to be doing. So I added on, you know, um, so next to Handy's, you got you've got uh, you know American, and uh, sorry, it's actually American and Niagara. The two, I might have said Jones. Jones yeah. Jones is an actual Centennial. It's American Peak, and um, but they're pretty easy just to line them all up. You do Handy's, American, Jones, Niagara, bam, 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 and then you drop down Niagara, and you you get to this um this trailhead. It's uh, called Cuba Gulch Trailhead, and uh, it's for Half Peak. And on a map, it just looks perfect because. You know, you're way up there. You know, you saved yourself like a three mile hike up this kind of this four wheel drive road, like if you were doing half peak all by itself. And then from there, you know, you follow this trail and, and go up half peak. So I've, I've never done that. But I will say in hindsight, I should have paid more attention to when Roach called it. He said, here's an adventurous alternative for half peak. You know, I mean, if Roach calls something adventurous, like pay attention, you know. <laughs> so anyway, like I, I got the cubic gulch right when it got dark. And so Basically, I'm going to be doing this thing that I've never done before in the dark. And, and uh, you know, so anyway, I had asked my sister beforehand. I was like, hey, you know, on the satellite, it kind of looks like there's a lot of willows up there. Would you just go up there and let me know, you know, if, is, is it easy to find the trail, you know? And so while I was gone, you know, she drove up there. They left some supplies, you know, because it was, you know, I followed this 3,000 foot rule. So it's also the perfect trailhead because it's exactly 3,000 feet below the peaks. And uh, so they left me some a resupply. And she, you know, texts me, oh, yeah, you know, trail's easy to find. And then she's like, there is a little bit of a, there's an avalanche field, you know. And, you know, then she just sort of described how they got through it. Yeah, they didn't go and, that far. And uh, and so anyway, I get up there and I completely blow the avalanche field in the dark. And I end up, I am was supposed to, like, stay at elevation and cross over a river and find this trail. So instead, I just, you know, was in these horrible trees in the avalanche field. And then I was on the wrong side and in the willows. And then I finally, you know, I'm following my map. So I know what drainage I have to go up. But but basically, to make a long story short, it was like bushwhacking for the entire night. Oh. It was, oh, it was horrible. They bushwhacked the entire I mean, night. Like the willows up there, they don't even stop at tree line. They keep going and going and going. And then finally, oh. you get to this, this, the ridge and the Colorado Trail. But at that point, I was so disoriented. Like, again, without my phone, I would never have gone the right direction. Yeah, he just had the worst night ever. At one point, I was like, I, I mean, I, you know, it wasn't freezing cold up there. So I can have my phone on with the, you know, the GPS thing on, right? And I, I know where I want to go. And I'm walking, trying to get to this line. And at one point, I just have to stop completely 180 and go. The, it felt like I just completely turned around <laughs> to finally get to this thing. It was like, I just didn't get it, you know? Um, and so... Anyway, that was one where I thought Super it would take a few hours, and then I had to come back down and 
bushwhack another way down, a completely different way down. And, uh, and, oh, and so then I get out at first light again, you know, you're out there all night long, just willows. Oh, oh yeah. So, so that now I told Andrea, you know, you can go do that one on yourself or by yourself. Yeah, I've, I've, I, I have like, <laughs> I have like eight yet. centennials yeah. left and that's one you of them. And count he's me like, out. Count yeah. me out. <laughs> yeah. Cataract. Oh, no. yeah, I think it would be fine. No, for he'll cataract. come with me. I'll, make <laughs> I'll forget. I'll forget how bad it was. Yeah. Oh, well, we won't yeah. go that way. Right. <laughs> so I'm trying to think of a, a, oh. Just give him a little while. I'm sure he'll do it. Right. Yeah. yeah i'm trying to think of were there other any other disasters because i had never done them before <laughs> um no no i think uh let's see that was good trying to think of those routes. well you know we we had no there was another route that we had definitely scouted it was huron linking up to uh north apostle uh, and uh ice mountain and we had done that a that few was a years, ago. years ago though. but i had completely forgotten that one even though it was just a couple years ago and I was in there, it was about two or three in the morning. And I got to this area where I just couldn't see anything but cliffs. And, and the, the, the snow was super solid and it just all seemed vertical to me. So I didn't know what to do. I mean, I had the, the route drawn on my phone, but I just didn't make any sense. So I actually just stopped and just waited for two hours for, until it got light. Mm -hmm. And then when I could see, I could figure it out. You yeah. know? But uh, that, that, yeah, it's a good thing. It wasn't like, you know, 10 o'clock because then I would have had to wait yeah. there like all night long, you know, actually sleep. Oh yeah. And, and that, you know, it wasn't super comfortable sleeping there, but you'd be surprised at where I can, I can fall asleep. <laughs> I imagine your body is just ready to shut down at any, at yeah. any time. If you stand still long enough, you'll probably fall asleep. That was part one of our chat with Andrew and Andrea. Here's a little excerpt of our discussion in part two of the podcast you know, dealing with an infant because now I'm trying to bathe him and get this puke on and, you know, so I'm like, so just trying and to- And these pickle chunks that won't go down the drain. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> like, like, oh my God, poor guy. Oh. Find it next time on the Non-Standard 14er Podcast.